Getting your day started connecting faith to life. Back to Austin Hill in the morning. 11 minutes past the hour from the Faith Radio Network. And I'm Austin Hill. Glad you're with us. How much information should your employer or prospective employer know about you? And how much is necessary for an employer to collect? Bill English, publisher of BibleandBusiness.com. He's on our guest or He's not on our guest line. He's in our studio, actually, here there at Faith go. Radio. Um, I, I should point out, because we're getting into some very specific content that you are expert in, not only are you a theologian, at least in my view, uh, and an entrepreneur, you're also a licensed clinical psychologist. Um, really what we're getting at here, especially in the, the case of the airline pilot uh, who intentionally crashed his uh, craft, Uh, we're really talking here about mental and emotional health and the profound significance that employers uh, maintain a good uh, level of mental health among their employees. That's a tough one. Where do you start with that? You know, I think, uh, look, I think the employer has uh, a right and probably a legal obligation to ensure the safety of the workplace environment for and other employees, for partners, for vendors, and for customers. And so it, if if the safety is dependent upon self-reporting only mm-hmm. of the employee, then I think that puts an employer at a disadvantage and probably at a legal uh, risk as well. And so it seems to me that, that the employer has a right to do and an obligation to do whatever screenings are necessary at whatever frequencies are necessary in order to ensure that safe and healthy uh, work environment for everyone involved. Now, that's a very broad categorization. There's screenings it at is. whatever it frequency is, is necessary. I know. I know. Talk to us about that, Mr. Entrepreneur. <laughs> well, you know, one of, the, one of the problems here is that as a psychologist or an ophthalmologist or a medical doctor, yeah. let's, let's say an ophthalmologist is screening somebody for in, in an eye exam, and they, they realize that they uh, drive trucks for a living. And uh, their conclusion is this person should not be driving a truck. By law, they're not allowed to let the employer know of their finding. Uh, The most they can do is tell the uh, patient, and it's up to the patient to self-report. And I think one of the questions that we're going to have to wrestle with as a society here is, do the medical professionals, uh, is their duty to report going to extend to employers and what do you do about uh, me- mental health or, or medical professionals who create false positives? Uh, they report somebody who really shouldn't be reported, or they don't report somebody who, who, uh, who should be reported. Well, and then let's bring government into it. I mean, we've already yeah. got our U.S. federal government, at least under the current administration, uh, trying to compel medical doctors to report uh, mental health concerns to the U.S. federal government. My goodness, that that could be in, in the case of a false positive or even a wrong conclusion of a variety of sorts uh, that could be used against the individual in a variety of different ways. Oh, sure, it could, and 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 you see this a lot in the gun industry for people who have permit to carries and are and are pro gun. They don't want their mental health records getting into the hands of the government because they fear that the government will deny them uh, their Second Amendment rights. So you have you have a really uh, difficult thorny issue here about how how do we protect and and what do the uh, what's the rights and responsibilities of the employer and the government versus the freedom of the individual to be who they are in spite of their bumps and bruises and warts and potential mental health issues. 
Bill English with BibleAndBusiness.com in studio with us here at the Faith Radio Network as we talk about how much information your employer or prospective employer needs to know about you. Screenings, mental health screenings on an as-needed basis. What what are we talking about when you you use that term in the context of the employer-employee relationship? What are we talking about when you use the term mental health screenings? Well, there's a number of tests out there that that can be done for mental health screenings. The the most common one is the MMP. The Minnesota Multifacet Personality Inventory. It's been around 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. And it's a very reliable. I've administered hundreds of MMPIs myself. Uh, the problem is when you get into some of these verticals like uh, airline pilots and other places, there are third party companies out there that sell tests, not tests, I'm sorry, study materials mm-hmm. on how to take an MMPI to achieve a certain personality profile. And so they, to an extent, some of these psychological tests and screenings can be gamed. So, uh, but I do think that they are not uh, uh, something that can always be gamed. And I, I do think that in some of these instances, like with pilots, even though the the folks are saying there's 50,000 pilots and we we simply can't screen them every year. And that's true, but you could probably screen all the pilots every five years. And uh, and have them go through a psychological workup, and I I don't think that would be an unreasonable thing. All right, let's talk about uh, when we come back. Um, what would you want prospective employees or actual employees to know about the organization with whom they work, and the employers need to know? And what would you want employers to know about uh, maybe some of the sensitivities to uh, individual personal data? Let's talk about what we need to know. As we continue in a moment, Bill English, publisher of BibleAndBusiness.com. He's also a licensed clinical psychologist, talking about something very weighty here, very important, especially in the aftermath of the tragedy of that plane crash over Europe last week. 17 past the hour, it's the Faith Radio Network. I'm Austin Hill. past the hour from the Faith Radio Network. How much information is just the right amount and how much is too much when it comes to employers collecting information and even doing mental health assessments and collecting mental health information about their workers? Bill English, publisher of BibleAndBusiness.com. He's in studio with us here on the Faith Radio Network. Uh, thorny issue. You said this earlier. This is a very thorny issue, and indeed I think it, it is. is yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, tell us a couple of things that the worker, either you know, we're employed somewhere or we are prospectively, hopefully, going to be employed somewhere. What do we need to understand about this thorny issue? As employees, we have to understand that just about everything we do in life now depends on someone else performing their job well using some type of technology that we're not in control of. Mm -hmm. So as a consumer of a product or a service, I think that just about everything in life now depends on a technology that is in control of of somebody else. Uh, And and, and if you're an employee who is in charge of that technology, you have to be open to screening and to a little bit more of scrutiny about your personal life to make sure that it doesn't bleed into your professional life and cause harm. 
Fair enough. From the, the vantage point of the employer, the, the for-profit company, the nonprofit organization, they hire people and uh, they, you know, they employ people and they want to go to their staff and say, well, we're just going to have you sit down, spend a little time, book out 20 minutes, take this uh, personality inventory, take this psychological test, whatever it is. And, oh, don't worry, all your data will be kept private, but we just need to do this. And all of a sudden the staff says, uh-uh, not me. The, the company gets pushback from the staff. What would you want them to understand about the, I guess, the sensitive nature of this information that they're gathering? Are you talking about the the company here, what they should understand about yeah, it? Yeah, the, the employer. What do they need to understand in this uh, well, scenario? Well, uh, what they will understand is whatever the law prescribes. And, and uh, what they should understand is that the information is uh, confidential and it, and it should be kept that way. But the problem becomes... Two, two avenues here that, that the employer faces that are very difficult. Number one, what if they find out information that is adjacent or ancillary to the core uh, investigation uh, and is not really something that they should have known, but they found that out or they were able to deduce it because of the information they had? Are they obligated to act on it? Should they act on it? Should they keep it private? How do they handle that? And uh, secondly, once they know what is their legal obligation to uh, to protect the workplace and that type of thing. So what I would do is make sure that they're just asking to the extent that it is germane to the workplace environment that mm-hmm. provides safety and uh, and reasonable accommodations for their customers and their other employees and that kind of thing. Uh, Bill English, relative to the investigation that has transpired, based on what we know, I, I would contend that uh, there's a whole lot that has not been revealed publicly, and maybe that's as it should be. But based on what we know of the investigation in the aftermath of that intentional crash landing of the German Wings commercial jetliner last week, it would appear to me, and and tell me if, if I'm seeing this wrong in your view, it would appear to me that there were some things that were internally known at that place of employment about that particular uh, pilot and his uh, mental uh, stability, his lack of mental health, things that were not acted on by the employer. People preferred to sweep it under the rug and, and kick it, uh, kick the can down the road. Is, is that a fair assessment, do you think? I think it's somewhat fair. I know that in 2009, when he first applied, he was denied because of mental health issues. But for whatever reason, he was able to meet the bar, so to speak, and to pass the test, so to speak, uh, so that Lufthansa went ahead and hired him anyways. I'm looking for the article here, but and I'm not finding it quickly. But uh, the uh, I think that they knew and that they thought it was resolved. And what Lufthansa didn't know was that it wasn't resolved. And I don't know how they would have known, given the current processes in place, because it was up to the Andre Lubitz, this pilot, to self-report, and he just wasn't going to self-report. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, uh, who is mostly responsible for good mental health uh, in workplaces? Who do, who do you put the onus on, by and large? The, the staff, the individual employer, or the company that hires people? Neither. I put it on the, I put it on the person who's at work. It's up to each of us to have good mental health. We take care of ourselves. We're personally responsible for that. Yeah, very interesting. Thoughts on uh, where a company and or uh, somebody who runs a, a private business or a nonprofit ministry or whatever it is, uh, they're taking all this in, hearing what you're saying and saying, yikes, I'm not so sure that I've gotten all my ducks in a row. What would you tell that person? Uh, first thing to do is get a good lawyer. Get good legal advice on this. This is something you definitely have to involve a lawyer with. Uh, make sure that you are doing whatever is within your legal rights 
to create the kind of environment that other employees feel safe and uh, and and non-discriminated in, and then make sure that uh, that you have uh, legal backing for whatever testing and screening that you're going to do. Personally, I think what we're going to see, at least with the pilots' associations and the and the unions, going to buck this. I think, but in the end, they're going to have to give in to regular psychological screening of all 50,000 pilots in the U.S. I think it's going to come, and I don't think there's going to be any way around that for uh, for the Pilots Association. Hmm. Very interesting. Bill English, publisher of BibleAndBusiness.com. He is a licensed psychologist and uh, also a business owner and entrepreneur himself. This is a, a tough topic. Thanks for uh, thanks for addressing it with us. Oh, this you're welcome. Been, thanks for having me on. Very interesting. Again, I sure appreciate the formal attire. Uh, it fits right into our workplace environment, wouldn't you oh, say? Oh, yes. It's just, it's just endemic here at Faith Radio. <laughs> Not that we're scrounging by any means. But it's um, you're you're dressed beyond radio, and we appreciate that, Bill. Uh, seriously, go. we appreciate what you do. Good to see you. You bet. Have a good day. Twenty six past the hour. It's the Faith Radio Network. I'm Austin Hill. Our program continues with breakpoints. Don't go away. <laughs> 